So Tyler, uh, my dryer kind of went on the fritz recently. Oh, and Steve, I'm going to stop you right what? there. <laughs> okay. I have I have strong feelings about this. Not about your dryer. All right. But I feel like you've you've fallen victim to the appliance industrial complex. I, well, I, like I need a dryer, so <laughs> I know, I know, I know what other alternatives there are. <laughs> uh, me too. Uh, are you familiar with wire cutter? Oh yeah, it's like I, the I like them. Product recommendation arm of the New York Times. Yeah. Anyway, a while a few years ago, I was researching which washer and dryer to get, and I was looking to reliability because I've heard so many bad things. Right. Well, and refrigerators, basically any household appliance. Like everyone kind of I've heard oh, a lot refrigerators. of refrigerators. You know, they don't last long. They break. We down can talk about my fridge too. Okay. Okay. Anyway, you know, wire cutter in my experience, whenever I've read them, I've been pretty impressed by like their testing. They, you know, they yeah, test a lot of super stuff. thorough. They go pretty deep. And their conclusion was basically like, we've tested all these washing machines and all these dryers. And unfortunately the state of reliability in the appliance industry is just a disaster. Like they're all oh. going to break down after a few years. There's, there's, there is no most reliable. I thought that was just oh. sad. So anyway, I'm sorry about okay. your dryer, but you know, uh, planned obsolescence, right? I suppose that's my conspiracy theory is that uh -huh. they want, they want you to have to replace it every few years. Anyway. Hello there, dear listener. I am Steve. And I'm Tyler, and this is, of course, It's Not About the Money, where we discuss a wide range of topics related to creating and running small businesses. Tyler and I both run small businesses ourselves, and we are just trying to make sense of this world one podcast at a time. So, Steve, I apologize. I cut you off there about your dryer. You're about to tell us a story oh, about yeah, how your dryer... dryer broke down. All right. All right. Well, so we have had this dryer for, I don't know, eight years, something like that. Oh, that's a long it's time. It's been a while. Yeah. And I have had to replace several parts already. The The heating element went out at one point, which that's not so surprising after eight years. Uh, that that would fail. I think I had to replace a fuse once or a uh, like a temperature sensor or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, but this this time it was it was starting to make a very high pitched squeak, which my son could hear distinctly, and I could sort of hear it. Oh no! <laughs> uh, but anytime I turn the wa the the dryer on, he's like, oh, "Dad, what is that horrible noise?" Uh, and you know, it turned out okay. So there's I, there's something wrong. And it's starting to turn into other noises as well, not just this high-pitched squeaking. So, like, I'm understanding there is probably a part that's about to fail, and I would rather catch it early than, like, have to replace the entire motor or something Sure. Uh, down the road. So I watched a few YouTube videos and figured out, like, what are the common things that fail when, the, when you observe these symptoms? And it turns mm -hmm. out you can buy a kit that has the the most common parts and so i bought that and then opened up the dryer to see what i would find and inside this particular dryer it's a samsung and it's got four uh roller wheels on the drum that they sort of look like roller blades roller blade wheels uh-huh anyway um one of them had seized up and so it wasn't rolling very well and then the other one had had also seized up but to the point that it had unscrewed itself out of its uh, its spot on the bulkhead and it was just lying there on the floor. 
of, wow. the, of the dryer. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so, something so, yeah, painted. something very bad was about to happen to this dryer if yeah. I had not repaired it. Uh, but anyway, I I was able to fix all of those things. So the total cost was like twenty six dollars for that kit and two or three oh, hours wow. of my time taking it apart and putting it back together again. Yeah. Was the kit specific to this? Like you had to find a kit for your model or a brand, or was it just like a generic dryer fixing kit? Uh, it was at least specific to this brand. I think there okay. are a few models that are like similar enough on the inside yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. they all use the same parts. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that was, that was better than what I thought I was going to have to spend, which was like, uh, f- find first of all, uh, an appliance repair person and then uh-huh. schedule them for, you know, a month from now to come out to the house and, and look at it and figure out what is even wrong in the first place. And then, then who knows how much it will cost after that. And so I was like, uh, this is, this, this is too much. I don't, is, is it possible for me to do this myself? Uh, and turns out it was, but it, it cost me some time. So yeah, you're not going to get a service call for under $26 though. No. Uh, and so this, this, this was a good trade-off. Uh, but there are, I was thinking about this and all of the other, you know, uh, machinery that keeps modern life running inside a American house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are some of the things that You're I talking just... about the internet, right? <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry. No, a dumb joke. there's that too. <laughs> uh, but th- there are some of the things that I just don't want to do myself. Even if I could figure it out, I'm not interested. And I would rather hi- hire someone to do that. Uh, and one of those is HVAC. Okay. I live in Texas and air conditioning is very important in the summer, especially this summer. It's been terribly hot. And uh, I don't want the AC to fail during the summer. No, that would be certain death. <laughs> and so I, we have a subscription to an HVAC company where they will uh, twice a year come out and do an inspection for free once in the spring for the air conditioning and once in the fall for the furnace, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. And then they usually also try and upsell you on something, you know, during the inspection. We found Sleep. we found this thing. And also there's this other thing that you could do that would be uh, yeah. really great for yeah. your family. Uh, but uh, all of that is worth it to me just for the peace of mind of uh, I know who I'm going to call if something breaks. Anyway, this particular case, uh, the the AC was not able to keep up with the heat. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I, it seems like it, it didn't used to do this. It used to be able to keep the house cool properly. And so there's probably something wrong. I don't know what it is. Let's have them come figure it out next time they come out for the inspection. And it turned out there was like a capacitor that was about to fail in the, the, whatever the unit outside is. See, I don't even know what these things are. (laughs) You're Uh, the wrong podcast. If you came for (laughs) repair tips, although that's not true. Steve is very handy. I will say, but yeah, well, anyway, I I can repair a few things as evidenced here. I've got so many stories to tell. Maybe we'll get to them all. (laughs) Who knows? Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I'm not interested in figuring these things out on the AC. And also, I don't want to work in my 120-degree attic either. So I'm happy to spend the $1,500 and the 30 minutes of talking to this technician who then went and did all of the work for however many hours it took. And yeah, and it's all just working now. And I don't have to think about it. Seems like a good trade-off. Yeah. So sometimes the trade-off is... Uh, 
I will spend a little bit of money and a bunch of my time to do something. And sometimes I will spend a bunch of money so that I don't have to spend my time or energy figuring something out. Oh yeah. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So I've been, I've just been kind of thinking about that lately. You know, that actually reminds me of, I think it was a Freakonomics podcast episode from many, many years ago. I listened to, remember when like uh, the music industry was in crisis because people could do peer-to-peer sharing. Like mm, no one Napster. Was, Napster. No one was going to buy music anymore, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't, anyway, somehow that was related to this concept that they talked about, but which is like for young people, younger people, typically they value their uh, like money is more expensive to young people. They don't have as much of it, but they've got plenty of time. And so they're going to dink around on the internet and find all kinds of ways to to do things for free, right? They'll spend mm-hmm. hours and hours trying to get their favorite TV episode for free instead of paying 99 cents for on iTunes or whatever. Oh, I right? see. Yeah. But as we get older and our income goes up, like that balance shifts a little bit and we, we start to value our time more than money. Mm-hmm. And so we're willing to spend money to kind of buy back some of our time. Anyway, it's just an interesting concept. I remember I heard it way back then when I was in college and it stuck with me to this day and I found it to be true. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So what else have you, you said? You've, you've got other stories about fixing things around the house. What else do you got? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Uh, my, my fridge is around the same age as the dryer and washer. The washer, surprisingly, has not had any problems in all of those eight years. Amazing. Just kind of amazing. But the fridge, uh, like the one of the the lights are broken. They were flickering for a while, and I just ripped them out and tried to get a replacement <laughs> part, and it didn't it didn't fix the problem. So I gave up on that one. The half of the drawers are broken. They don't slide in and out properly anymore. Like the rails have just snapped off. All that uh, that that. A high quality plastic in there right exactly but but like to get to, to to purchase a new drawer is like 50 to 80 bucks depending on the drawer which is uh, wow I, I don't i don't know why if it's just the shipping because it is a large volume it's not yeah not much material there i don't know anyway the the water dispenser uh went out recently uh well it was uh, i should say it was leaking it just started dripping a little bit and then it started dripping a lot. Oh no. And then, uh, and so I finally just shut off the water to the fridge until we could figure out what it is. Anyway, watched some videos and figured out there's, um, there's a solenoid valve in the back of the fridge that controls the water coming into the ice maker and to the water line that goes out to the front. And you can, buy the parts for that and just replace it. And it was quite easy once I got the parts. Interesting. Interesting. So, but the, uh, the thing I've been thinking about with kind of all of these stories is like, what was I trying to buy? Yeah. When I did this and the, in the fridge's case, what I really wanted is that the, the water dispenser should not leak. Right. And the, oh, well, the other thing with the fridge is the, the hinge on the door was, was broken. So the door wouldn't shut by itself. You had to close it completely or else it would just kind of hang open a couple inches yeah. and all the cold air gets out. So that was another well, that thing. Helps with the, uh, that helps with the uh, air conditioning problem, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Just heat up the house. Uh, yeah. So 
so what I was trying to buy there was like the water dispenser should not leak. The door should close itself properly. Uh, and then I am willing to pay with my time because the parts are not super expensive to fix that. And it's a relatively easy repair. So that was a good trade off for me there. But like the AC, I want the house to be cool. I want the air to be clean. I don't want the machinery to be at risk of catastrophic failure for something that I, that could have been prevented with proper yeah. maintenance. And that is like such a big, uh, area of knowledge that I don't know much about that I would rather outsource that one. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, this reminded me of a story that happened to me recently that your question, what am I actually trying to buy? really <laughs> triggered for me, uh -huh. <laughs> which is, uh, over the winter I got rear ended in a snowstorm. Oh no. In, in my car. And it wasn't too serious, you know, but, you know, I had to, my car was in the shop forever because I don't know, supply chain, <laughs> I guess still. <laughs> right. Um, and so, um, they fixed my car and they had a, a, a guarantee, right? Like we'll make your, it's your car will be like new or we'll fix it right at the body shop. And so it was pretty much like new, except for one thing, the struts that hold the trunk open when you open the trunk, like had failed basically. And so my trunk wouldn't stay open when I opened it. And so mm. I really wanted them to honor their promise and make it whole, right? Like that wasn't a problem that I was experiencing before the accident. Something occurred when they took apart the car or whatever, you know, right. now it's not working. And I was so stubborn, Steve, I was calling them. I'm like, you guys, you know, like I, it started nice. I'm like, Oh, I just noticed this wasn't working. They're like, sure, sure, sure. We'll order the parts and fix it for you. Right. But then they never did. And they never did. And I would call and I would call, you know, it was this game. And so I started to get kind of like, uh, petty about it and kind of bitter. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and at this point, what I was buying, like what I wanted is like, it was like causing me issues. Like try go going grocery shopping and loading up your trunk when you have to hold up your trunk with one hand and like load yeah. the groceries with the other hand or like, you know, it's like hitting you in the back of the head. You're getting goose eggs. Uh -huh. It was like serious uh -huh. stuff. Right. And after months, like months, six, seven, eight months of them just like kind of giving me the runaround, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. And the part cost me $20 and took me five minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I felt <laughs> kind of like an idiot because they probably thought I was an idiot for like, dude, why doesn't this guy just leave us alone and just like change the stupid struts? But, you know, I didn't huh. know. But, you know, as soon as I did, I was like, okay, well, I could have saved myself a lot of consternation if I just yeah. like looked into this a little earlier, but I was so like hell bent on having them fix it. Right. Because they caused the problem mm -hmm. anyway. So, um, yeah, I guess, um, what was I trying to buy there? relief from my misery and like an end to this conflict with the body shop. Okay. More than anything, I guess I just wanted to get that off of my chest because it was really frustrating for me. So <laughs> there you go. There's uh -huh. my story. So like originally you were trying to buy a car that functioned as well as it did before the accident, but it kind yeah. of morphed into this, uh, that Battle. is, you know, it has been taken care of as well as we can. And now we have this conflict and yeah. I would like the conflict to be gone. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Okay. But yeah. I mean, it's kind of, this is really related to what we talked about in our episode about outsourcing, which I think you mentioned earlier, right? It's like, you know, what, mm -hmm. what's worth it? what's worth more to you, your, your time and putting in potentially the effort to develop a new skill set, or just not worrying about it. 
what, what do you think like goes into that equation though other than just the time and the value of of the money like i think interest like how you know natural interest in certain things must right. go into it uh yes and i think uh for me on the appliance repair uh, side of it part of me uh my ego wants to be the kind of person who can repair things around the mm, house and yeah. so the, uh, there's a little bit of pride there of i don't want to hire somebody to do that i could do it myself yep. you know i just got to figure it out so there's probably some of that too but uh i have enjoyed knowing how the machines work mm-hmm. the ones that i have been willing to repair it's just it's interesting to open them up and see what's inside there and then and now i like i i'm not afraid of one of the parts in the dryer failing because i understand roughly what's going on in there i and i think i can figure it out if something does break again in the future so that's nice yeah it's a confidence booster if nothing else right Mm-hmm. so here's a a slightly different story that a, a client told me recently Uh, He has sprinklers in his yard, and uh, it was spring, maybe, so they hadn't been on all winter. Uh, He was pretty sure one of them was broken, just uh, maybe from freezing over the winter or something like that. So he hired a sprinkler repair company to come out and fix the sprinkler, and they did. And uh, then he, uh, uh, a week or two later notices that the lawn is still yellow the lawn has not greened up even though the sprinklers theoretically are working now and he goes out in the garage and notices that the uh the sprinkler uh timer controller thing either wasn't on or it hadn't been programmed correctly i don't remember which but um he uh, you know if it, that eventually got solved but he realized in this process that what he had wanted to buy when he hired the sprinkler repair company was a green lawn. Hmm. He didn't necessarily like the sprinklers need to get fixed in service of having the green lawn, but he also wanted them to take care of like, let's make sure that they're going to come on at the proper times that the, the lawn is going to get sufficient water. Like he didn't want to have to worry about all of those details. He just wants a green lawn. And so if you're somebody that can do that for him, then he'll gladly pay you for it. Uh, But what the sprinkler repair company heard was there's a sprinkler that's broken and he needs us to fix it. We know how to fix it. We can do that. And then uh, the job is done. So are you saying, or do you think if they would have more like, well, I don't know if they would have understood his true desire better, maybe they could have sold him (laughs) like, I don't even know. I, I like, you know, how to, how to, no, I don't know. Like lawn care. No, they probably don't do that. But like maybe offer to set, maybe it's not a, maybe it's not an upsell. Maybe they'll offer to set the timer for him. Right. Or like program the, the timer or I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, it's a good question. Like, was there an opportunity there that the company missed or was there, was he disappointed, I guess, in the result? Uh, uh, Yes, he was. Um, I don't know whether there was like necessarily an opportunity for them to upsell him into a higher service level package, something, I don't know, but, yeah. but just that he, his expectations were that they would also do some other things that they either didn't think about or 
had not built into the the statement of work. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. This reminds me of a, a saying that uh, somebody wise in my life once said, can't remember who, but it's stuck with me forever, which is all disappointment comes from unmet expectations. Mm. So yeah. you, know, you got to really work on managing those expectations so that you can please people instead of disappoint them with your work. Mm-hmm. One thing I've heard from a lot of clients so far, uh, uh, I do taxes for them, and mm-hmm. what they often say is that the the reason they were dissatisfied with their prior tax professional was that they didn't communicate well or Ooh. timely, or they didn't explain things in a way that they could understand. Uh, those kind of things that that all come down to communication, and like there's not. You don't need a whole lot of like technical knowledge for that. Like that's just uh, people skills, soft skills that yeah. anybody can develop. But if the technician is not good at those things, that's going to impact the customer experience. Yes, I mean, uh, for some reason that reminded me of Chick Fil A because I feel like okay, this is going to make me unpopular perhaps, but I I don't find their food particularly amazing. Sorry. But, uh, I do find the experience of going there to be pretty good. Isn't you know, cause they're very, they're trained to be very polite and like, you know, give you a good customer experience. Right. So that's an example to me personally, where like a positive communication experience can even overcome (laughs) subpar, uh, deliverables. Mm -hmm. Please don't come for me. (laughs) <laughs> do you like chick-fil-a i don't know like I, this I is think, not about chick-fil-a uh, but yeah, like, well it's, enough it's, fine. it's good it's good it's it is good. yeah the, the food is good i it's feel good. like it's a bit overpriced but i think the reason is that I'm, you're getting a really good experience when you go there and so that's oh maybe you're right you just know it's going to be clean they're going to be yeah. friendly you're going to get good customer service all that stuff okay right so i think i think that's kind of the the value proposition there it's not it is good i just necessarily like people will probably fight you on the statement that uh it's not the best chicken sandwich in town fine that's you know you can have your opinions there but but uh sure yeah yeah you're you're, you're (laughs) buying a an experience as well and i can think of countless examples in my career in my job where this principle applies, right? Communication and setting of expectations is the co- is the cause of the issue, not necessarily the deliverable of the thing itself. Yeah, and that those and and that like very positive communication can overcome, you know, deficiencies in in the product mm. sometimes. So. Yeah. Uh, now that you mention that, I had a a client who hired me to review their tax return that their prior uh, person had done just because they weren't confident that it was accurate or complete or that they had gotten mm-hmm. everything that they were expecting out of it. And so I did the review for them and uh, it was, it was good. They had done a good job. I, I didn't have anything that like needed to be fixed, but the, the fact that their prior tax pro was, uh, was not great at the communication piece impacted their wow. experience where to, to the point where they're looking for someone new who can just, even if it's just to communicate better, because the, the technical work was fine. There was no yeah, problem there. Yeah. Right. But something about their communication uh, introduced doubt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, it's a big deal. 
this reminds me of Clayton Christensen, author of um, Innovator's Dilemma, had a concept called Jobs to be Done, and he talks about milkshakes. And they the, the folks going through the drive-thru uh, might be, if it's like morning commute time, somebody might be going through the drive-thru because they want something to sip on on their long commute to work. And so if it takes a long time for the milkshake to be consumed through the straw, that's good. That's kind of the point. Uh-huh. That's what they want it for. Uh, and it, there's a different set of people who are buying a milkshake for their child to consume, and they do not want it to take an extremely long time to sip through a straw. They would rather it be maybe thinner and easier to eat quickly. Uh-huh. So being able to understand the different jobs that, that this milkshake is being hired to do can help you tailor the customer experience and the product for what people are actually trying to buy with this, which is something to occupy them on their long drive or something to give to their kids for a treat that won't take forever or maybe something else entirely. Uh, but that's always kind of an, been an interesting concept to me. And I think it applies here. We've been talking about like what, what were we actually trying to buy with a subscription to an HVAC repair company that will come out and do yeah. inspections every once in a while? Or what am I trying to actually buy with this uh, repair kit for my dryer? Absolutely. And, you know, this is highly applicable to personal finance as well, if I may say so, <laughs> because, you know, this is a question that, that, that can be very useful when working with someone who's maybe trying to find ways to reduce their spending because, you know, people buy all kinds of stuff. And if you ask them this question, like, what are you, you know, why are you buying this? And then you get to the bottom of it, right? You can often find out, well, if you're, if you're buying the food or the toy or whatever to fulfill, like, what's the root cause that you're trying to solve, right? Just find something else that fulfills that same need that's cheaper. <laughs> basically, right? So you can kind mm. of go through those exercises and 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 kind of work through those things. So they're meeting the need that they want met. Uh they're doing it cheaper and it still feels good to them because it's that underlying it's you're you're kind of getting to the root the root of the problem instead of the symptom, right? So anyway, interesting. Yeah, okay. That makes me think of another uh example <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh where um I so I have a phone that supports wireless charging and when i'm at home i usually charge it wirelessly Uh but sometimes i'm out and about and i have a battery pack in my bag but it's got a cable on it Uh and so if i need to charge while i'm out it's got to be through the cable uh however that had started to become less reliable i'd plug it in and then if i bumped it the wrong way you know it would stop charging Uh and that's irritating because i don't know i can't trust that i plugged it in it's going to charge and so i went you know, looking on Amazon, what would it take to buy a battery pack that's got a wireless charger in it and all that? And that was uh, exciting. Like, oh, I'm going to buy a new toy here. Yeah. And then I, went, I, I said, okay, so here's what I'm going to get. Let me go check YNAV and see if I can, if I have enough for that. And well, it turned out I didn't, or I didn't want to move the money into that from other places. And so I was like, well, okay. So let me Google, uh, how do you clean the lightning port on an <laughs> iPhone? And uh-huh. it turns out you can just get a toothpick and clean. And I got a shockingly large amount of dust out of this lightning no port way. with the toothpick. And now the cable seats in there 
just, it clicks in and it stays and it <laughs> charges and it's it's great. And so I saved myself, you know, what fifty bucks or something. Yeah, uh, no, of, that's of, of a new toy, and it only cost me five minutes. Because the job was really, I just want my phone to be able to charge no matter where I am, no matter which charger I have with me. Yeah, I've had similar experiences, and I want to ask you this. When you realized that you could get the same result without buying a new toy, were you at least in any way disappointed, like a little bit? (laughs) Uh, Well, a little bit, yeah. I I still would (laughs) like to go buy this this battery pack with the MagSafe charger. (laughs) Right. Because uh, right. that would be fun, uh, but but I know that like the novelty of the new gadget will wear off eventually, and so yes. it's not actually going to be like it's not going to make my life any better to have this yeah. thing. So uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of okay with that for now. I'll probably buy it eventually, but yeah, that's awesome. Well, cool. Those are great stories and great examples <laughs> of some of the trade offs that we make every day in our lives and how they relate to uh, the bigger picture. Yeah. Well, thanks for indulging me. That was fun. Yeah, it was. Thanks, Steve.